Hi there, I'm Glenn Saville, and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of the Always Race Day podcast. Uh, this is the uh, post Martinsville uh, post race show, I guess. I said post twice there. That might have to be our new thing. Um, before we get started, I want to thank the uh, fine people at the Carlotto Group for uh, allowing us to be able to do what we do and uh, do this show and deliver it to you guys uh, as often as possible or as we possibly can. But uh, now let's uh let's hop into stuff today um ryan blaney wins the race uh william byron punches the last ticket to the championship four denny hamlin misses out on it by seven eight points or so no one tried to uh hail millen or whatever the bs they decided to call that move but uh what do you guys think of uh, martinsville today if i may for one moment god bless I have been waiting for Ryan Blaney to win a Martinsville race. I was very pleasantly surprised when I saw earlier this week that he had the best average finish among active drivers at Martinsville uh, for the playoff drivers that are left for sure. I don't remember if that was the whole field or not. I'd assume that it that counts. Sound, that sounds like one of those like really successful when the uh, sun rises at 6, sets, at, sets prior oh, yeah. at 27 on Tuesdays in the month of November. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a correlation for performance. I, I think that, yeah, everything's different. You're always going to have different circumstances, different environment, like the weather, it was a record high in Martinsville today for, you know, this late in the year. And so you're always going to have different circumstances, but it, it does, it is a nice little base, if you will, just for who do you think's going to be a contender possibly just baseline knowing absolutely nothing about the weekend and so i was pleasantly surprised to see him at the top of the list just because he hadn't won there yet and um i don't always think of him first when i think of drivers that are good at martinsville and so um they were lights out today though fastest fastest car 100 percent um some of the comers and goers was cool in that that final stint with the long green run uh watching you know Elliot and then Almarola. And if the race had been 475 laps and not 500, Eric Almarola would have had his 2015 Jeff Gordon moment. Not, not, not don't nowhere near as important. That's so hyper. That. No, oh man. I also saw that tweet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out to whoever tweeted that. His ear wormed into my brain. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of funny. What's funny about that is typically Amarola does need the race to be shorter in order to get a win. So that that's All what right. makes Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't even be mad at that. That's not even like a, Oh, like that's uh yeah, that's good. I, I don't know how many Eric Amarola fans there are out there. I, I really want to talk to one of those and see like how they settled on Eric Almarola of all drivers. About as many as there are Chargers fans. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I got, I know, I found out I knew a new Chargers fan today. Didn't know he was a Chargers fan. Had already oh, met him before. That's so up to like 40% three. now. I got three. I've never met an Eric Almarola fan. I've met people that like him. I've never met someone that hates Eric Almarola either. I have. <laughs> I, well, I have hated him in the past, but I was definitely a fan and pissed off that he wrecked one of my guys. No, we've got a buddy. Every every time he sees Almarola, he'll just text the group chat and go, "He should have retired." I was doing like, that. He, I was doing that with for a bit, but everyone yelled at me. I'm kidding. 
Oh man. Yeah. What do you, uh, I, I'm glad you brought, uh, whatever you said about the weather up. Cause I, my next take this is my first rant for the show. I am a big advocate for global warming. Now I think we need more of it. Did you see that short track package today? We need global warm. I mean, get, get the damn warm weather everywhere. All the short tracks need warm weather. However the hell we're supposed to do that. Let's do it. Do we have to like stop recycling there? Is that what creates it? Stop recycling. I don't know. I don't know the background of the argument or who's on what side with it. I'm just very pro that we need warmer weather now. Warmer weather typically translates to good racing anywhere you go, not just short tracks. Well, with this, it's evident with this package, the only way it can lay enough rubber down on the racetrack to help that second lane come in uh, is when it's warm like this. And once that happened, it was just uh, at some point it just you turn it over to the characters and the cars and they had space to move more so than they usually do at a short track i think there's there's still a ways to go i saw a lot of people dancing around like acting like you can't still say bad things about the short track package if you're going to tell me that's the best martinsville race you've ever saw you are flat out lying to yourself and you didn't watch saturday so you know, compare it to the product you already have racing on Saturdays in the minor leagues. And it still isn't better than that. I would expect it to be better than that because it's the cup series. That's just how things work. Um, but step in the right direction for sure. Um, you got to figure out how to get uh, your cars to behave like that when it's a little colder out and what can you put into the cars to uh, push them further towards this package and, and do more to give them more grip in the corners there and uh, or maybe less grip is the answer. I really, I know what I like, I'm just, I want to see what's compelling, figure out what the most compelling thing you can put out on the track is. And if you come up with anything close to the 550 package, then you might as well retire from whatever job you work. I really liked what Hamlin said on Twitter uh, this week about the short that track package. That it's his year? Uh, he said that, uh, not this last week. <laughs> There's, so, like, my dad is one of these people. There's nobody that's in the middle on Denny Hamlin besides me. I've, I'm the only one. You are either a Denny Hamlin fan or you fucking hate his guts. There, I mean, the amount of people, like, quoting that tweet that, yeah, you're going to Yeah, that was my whole race for, like, half an hour. Yeah. It's, he got booed during Christopher Bell's interview. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, like, well, he he has done some things at Martinsville that I I can see why he gets booed there. I also think you can hear the fans at Martinsville way better than the rest of every NASCAR track. Like, and I'm not trying to go after Martinsville fans. Don't sit here and brag to me that they're louder than the rest of every track in NASCAR. That's not how that works. They're very passionate. I love how passionate they are. They aren't like these this one singular group of fans that always goes to Martinsville only scream when they're at Martinsville. They don't scream anywhere else. Like put mics in the, put more mics in the crowd. Absolutely. But I don't know if that was yeah. coherent. Did you guys understand what I was saying? Uh, no, I, I, I think so. Josh, Josh and Caleb are kind of giving me looks that I'm, I don't know. I'm self-conscious about this. Those might be looks of disagreement. Yeah. Well, what do you, you get? Are you guys going to say no. that the Martinsville fans are more diehard than everyone else? No, I'm not going to. Oh, that's good. I, I got nothing to counter off of that. I was going to say, we wasn't really, I didn't set up a debate there. But segueing back towards Hamlin a little bit, just what he said about the package specifically this week. He talked about taking that tapered spacer off, making it 750 horsepower and doing something with the gearing. 
Um, and I really liked that just because I think that those are the two main issues that the short track package has is that you, you know, are downshifting and that uh, they just don't have enough power to go along with that. And so I, I really liked what he said. He's very polarizing, love him or hate him. Uh, he's good for the sport and he's got a lot of ideas for better or worse. And we need people that have ideas so I, I like what he had to say about it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think uh, I really liked the group of four that we got going. And I think Ryan Blaney raced his ass off to get there. Um, he said in that interview with Matt Weaver, I retweeted his story uh, from Sports Knot. Um, very, very good story on the format and, and what transpired. William Byron drove the shittiest car to ever hit the surface at Martinsville. Like, He's getting live with 15 to go. And I'm like, that car has to suck ass for him to let Blaney in that easily. Blaney didn't. Alex Bowman's 32nd place car would like to have a word with you. Kyle Bush's last JGR Martinsville car would like to have a word with you. All right. Okay. Well, this one finished the race. Did those guys finish the race? Kyle finished the race. He just got passed by BJ McLeod for position. I, okay. I remember that one. Bowman yeah. finished like five laps down. He also got. Um, some somebody he got here. He Burton, didn't. He wasn't so. running higher than twenty third all race, if I remember correctly. Byron today or Bowman? Bowman. He wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's kind of hard to rebound when you crash in the middle of the race. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Byron Byron did not do that. At least I don't remember no. doing that. Uh, Toughed it out to the top. Yeah, 15. like man. I mean, he had to use the bumper on Priest. You know the type of racer Priest is. He wouldn't have been too paid. Now they were saying on the broadcast, like, hopefully Priest knows why he's being so aggressive. I would assume if he has a good spotter, his spotter is telling him that is why. And you're going to give up 18th to a playoff guy. And if you don't, you're. I mean, you deserve what happens next. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're going to get shuffled out at some point. Logano just. Speaking of that, Logano just said, I fucking hate Ty Gibbs today. I was shocked that wasn't between something with Blaney and Hamlin playing games like they were. And that was with 170 to go. That was the craziest part of that. Yeah. That wasn't a caution for the last, uh, I think it's 168 laps. And I know I, I just hammered three different talking points, so I got to stop doing that um, and we'll hit all of them. But um, God damn, Josh sent it to me. There we go. Thank you to Josh Betts for this. 168-lap green flag run uh, at the end of the race was the longest of any cup race in Martinsville uh, to end the race since 1996. And it was an incredibly compelling 168 laps. I don't think there was a single time in that last stint where I wasn't, you know, hooked or, you know, wasn't plugged into what was going on in the race. They, I mean, you know, kudos to the broadcast for – you know, keeping things interesting, but watching Blaney come back from six or seven seconds and run Almirola down and then pull away six or seven seconds himself was, or no, that's, that's hyperbole. He only made it like a second on Almirola. He had like seven on Hamlin, but no, it was still impressive. I wish they would have yeah. covered that more when they figured out it was going towards that. Um, Cause it kind of doled out in the last 80, 60 laps or so. And then, and part of that was because Byron was starting to pass people finally. Yeah. I thought it was really weird that they wouldn't tell him how far back he was. I was like, well, no one's 
looking like they want to wreck. Uh, no one really has the stuff to go shove around with. And the only guy with a real need to do so was William Byron and Denny Hamlin. And you're not sitting there and telling them like, hey, we're in like the last spot you can be in. Uh, go up and pass. You still have this cushion, so don't worry too much. Like I would be ticked if I was a driver and I didn't know the difference between those three points or not. Yeah, I, I don't, I will never ever understand in my life how stuff like that isn't communicated. Like Saturday, like last I, night. I can see like some people that wouldn't want it, that they're just like, let me go try to pass people. It's what I yeah. do. But it, and that's one thing. It'd be better for to me to not know if I can, it. yeah, if I can pass someone clean and pass someone dirty, there's two different situations where one would be yeah. and the other one. Austin Hill said last night he wasn't told about the point situation if he were to finish second behind Creed. And that feels like an important thing to say to teammates that are restarting. Oh, we'll hammer, we'll hammer that finish because there's a lot of people that said some stupid fucking shit. I might That's also true. That might have to be a hashtag for us too. I, I'm trying to start different segments and stuff, and it's just like everything is like th that would work this week, but next week someone, no one's going to say anything dumb. <laughs> Everyone's going to. That's, say that's where we fill in. Yeah. Well, what do you think comes out of my mouth? <laughs> I was waiting for Caleb to say that before you, but we'll take that. I know Caleb's not as energetic tonight. Caleb, hot take from the race. Are you sure about that? Oh, uh, my race, the Martinsville race right before our championship, cutting eight drivers to four. Meh. It was, it was, it was a race. It wasn't like. I felt like a lot of the hype wasn't there, but I mean, it was still like a solid race. So I don't want it to come off like it was boring or whatever. I don't really have like complaints, but I do feel like there just wasn't that much hype there. And it might be just because we were kind of only going for, you know, one playoff spot. And when it came down to the end of the race, there wasn't like, there wasn't anything that changed at all. Um, but I just, I felt like for a fall Martinsville race, last race before the finale, it just didn't have a ton of excitement to it. Yeah, I would, I would agree. That was anticlimactic at the end. I was like thoroughly too impressed by like the first 400 laps or so probably you could cut it off at 350 even. Um, but like that, like just completely overdid my expectations of what this race was supposed to look like and what it turned into. Um, and I think that might, I might be like clouding my judgment with my bias towards things. Cause my friend had a similar take to that, but that honestly, that was the exact take I had after Vegas a, a few weeks ago. Didn't seem to have much hype. There was one laner on the track. The passing wasn't there. There's, it just didn't, it lacked what I want this event to look like the event being any NASCAR playoff race. Um, but today, yeah, like today I thought in the middle of the race more so, obviously, um, that second lane coming in, I, I mean, Blaney passing everyone only on the outside. That was hilarious. He was religious about, I'm not going for one single pass on the inside. I'm passing everyone to the, to the right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think if they had a caution with 50 to go, I think it, the, we have completely different thoughts on the ending. I think it would have been dumb. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it could have been. I mean, it was with Hamlin up there and what him and Blaney were doing. Sorry, Caleb, go ahead. 
No, you're good. I, I yeah, and I don't want it to be that you know races can only be exciting if you know there's a late race caution. But let me tell you about Talladega, Caleb. All right. Yeah, but yeah, it just it was it you know was just kind of more like a natural deal where you know it just nothing really changed at the later stages. But yeah, I mean in the middle of the race it was crazy. Blaney and Hamlin bounced off each other multiple times. They raced really hard, um, but it was, it was clean and that's the good type of racing. And uh, when we get to talking about the Xfinity race, I've got my own opinions on that too, similar to like how Blaney and Hamlin raced each other today. And I, here's the other thing I'll say too, is when in the middle of the race, when Blaney kind of Blaney and Hamlin got into each other and uh Blaney about went off the front end of Hamlin but I appreciate that you know Blaney basically came over the radio and said oh yeah I I know he didn't mean to do that blah 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 rather than being like some other drivers we see and they would have screamed and cussed and just wanted to wreck the shit out of him yeah and you know you kind of got to look at uh just the desperateness of everyone to make it um, and, and try and get into that last spot. But no, I thought overall, like with this group of title contenders, so you have Blaney and Byron, um, and then uh, Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson, uh, both really big names uh, from the dirt side. But Larson at 29 or 30 years old, whatever he is now, is the oldest of the group. Like, this is the new faces of NASCAR putting on a show for people. And I'm really excited about that, that aspect for things. Is, is it, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to talk about our championship picks. Yeah, we can do that on here. All right. So we'll do a draft and you can't take anyone twice. So I'll take Kyle Larson. Yeah. Okay. Knoxville nationals champion, Kyle Larson, two time. <clears throat> I take uh, Miami. Hi, hi, DNF. Okay, this is already stupid for both of you. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you just didn't I have statistics to back it up. If Ryan Blaney had 50 more feet, he won the race last year. I mean, I'm just gonna know. take Bell. All right, like Bell. well, there you go, Caleb. Josh, Josh has been on the Bell train for a while for a minute because you, you got, know, talked about this last week. You got William Byron, the most fiery interview in all of NASCAR. Yeah, so the spring my, winner. My thing is if we go around and make picks and that's who we all pick, you have to take Byron. We'll bet like a hundred bucks on it. We'll go out to eat. Loser pays. I'm not putting money into a pick that I don't have a say in. You, you could have picked it earlier. You just, the draft order was whoever spoke and you just didn't speak. All right. So I wanted to start the segment by talking about our picks and now I have been elected to bring <laughs> money towards this. It's gone great. <clears throat> no, you talk about your pick. I want to hear what, what you truly think is going to happen um, at Phoenix with what we've seen in the past. If you might as well go to a super speedway. I mean, it's, it's a case where we're going to crown a champion based on whatever circus happens that day. So we like saved the race. Let's just throw darts at a board and crown a champion. I mean, what has Phoenix been a circus though? Oh, yeah. But any, okay, lap two. Uh, when Ryan Newman fucking wrecked Jeff Gordon, that piece of shit. Well, lap well, two. Corey Larson. Tire but... and slam into Kyle Larson, and that's the end of his championship hopes. Like, 
Well, Chastain wrecked Elliott last year, and you had no sympathy for Chase. Well, that's because Chase wrecked himself. That, oh, oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll get contentious about that. I'm kidding. Yeah. So it's it's going to be very interesting. I, I personally, I don't know why I feel that way, because I know he's had a, a good season, but I don't feel like Bell is number one. I don't feel like he should be the champion. And I, my reasons for that are, I mean, I would, I would put Larson, Hamlin, Byron over him. Um, Blaney, if you're looking at the whole season, should not be the champion. If you're looking at the playoffs, then you would have a good case of it. I mean, I think he's about done the best Tony Stewart playoff impression that we've seen lately because man could have easily been out round one. So um, that's kind of where I stand on that. Honestly, I mean, I don't know what's going off. That's okay. Um, I mean, yeah, in my mind, Larson's probably the guy that should have it. Uh, I wanted to read this quote from Jeff Gordon from Matt Weaver's story. It says, you raced the format. Uh, I certainly feel like my style was better under the season-long format, and we can debate it. But I do think this format is the best thing for our fans and to grow the sport. It makes it, makes it tough. Larson was almost eliminated in the last round. You have to survive the Roval and Talladega, and that's not ideal. I regret that I didn't win a championship under this format because that's what it's about, surviving on the bad days and capitalizing on the good ones. Um, so next year if they decide that we're going to put ramps in the middle of Phoenix and then you do like a loop with a fire ring, we're just going to say, are, well, are they racing? Are they racing rally cross cars? I mean, shit might as well. Like, okay. we're just yeah, no, that's fine. That improves the short track package. Um, that delivers on the excitement level that puts the, the race into the driver's hands and Kyle Larson and all the other dirt guys are going to have the upper hand on that. So yeah, I'd love that. Let's do it. But that's like, so we we can't say whether a certain format is good or bad. We're just going to say, well, you know, if Corey LaJoy wins the championship. I would like, I would liken it to the Iowa State fans that still haven't figured out that they wear black uniforms in big games. There's already people complaining about the possibility of Iowa State wearing them Saturday against Kansas in this night game coming up. And it's the same three buzzwords or phrases, right? So for that one, it's uh, they're not school colors. Um, they look too plain, uh, or I can't tell which team is which. All really dumb things to say, uh, if you know the background about it. Uh, in this format, the champion isn't deserving. Okay, I would argue all four guys here are deserving. Um, it's a total crapshoot, and they only made it on luck. I would argue Ryan Blaney displayed today that he didn't make it on luck. William Byron definitely didn't make it on luck. Kyle Larson had to win a race to get there. Christopher Bell had to win a race to get there. Um, and it's uh, just a gimmick, but the people that say it's just a gimmick will tell you that inverts are the inverts during heat races are the way to solve a boring night of dirt lay model racing. So it's the same. I, I'm just tired of having the same arguments. We've had them 75,000 times. Yeah. 
I'm tired of having a one race crown of champion because it's not, it's just not. It's just what's happening. Just watch. And that's going to be the champion. And we're not going to go back and say in 2017, it should have been Jeff Gordon because of this or that. Cause you'd laugh me out of the room if I told you that right now. So actually he was retired before then, wasn't he? Way. Yeah. This is why you'd laugh me out of the room. See now, had he gone back and just raced that race and won it, I would have declared him champ. I think that they should add Jeff Gordon to the final four this year. I agree. He, just with how he got shorted the last three or four playoffs that he was in. Oh man. 2015. I mean, the fact it. that we had to look at that eyesore of a three M paint scheme, like ever. Yeah. And then William won up it like three times this year. Golly. Could I, we at least make it so that like the final round is like three races and it doesn't have to be just four drivers. You could make it like eight drivers going for three races. I just because no, you're, feel... you're gonna talk yourself into the old person complaining of what it was. What if it, the final round was thirty six races and included forty drivers? Hey, I'm yeah, like just like that. It's it's at least you can say you you did a round. You, at least you can say like the guy who we declare champion at least put together three races better than other people and not just one place because here's the deal if we go to phoenix ryan blaney has you know stats better chance but then if we move it to talladega you know no then, I, you know, if we move it just, to talladega blaney's a champion automatically you should just yes him in. i agree thank you noah excellent point kyle larson is finishing fourth in every single championship <laughs> But that's, and that's, He's going to have the most qualified to the title and the least amount of titles out of it. And that's the thing. And, you, you know, you, then you can compare it to, oh, stick and ball sports. You know, they have like the Super Bowl. It's only decided off of one game. But that's one person versus one person. You have four people in a field with 40, other, you know, 40 people. Every and- time Brock Purdy's on the field, it's him against every analyst in the NFL. Okay. Yeah, how's that working out for you? Well, he lost his first game today. Uh, that was actually like partially his fault. The shit ass kicker over there fucked him the last two games. So fourteen and one as a starter in my head. And I don't I don't think I even added those numbers right. I think it's like eighteen and one if I if I wanted to count last two weeks as wins. Anyway. Um no, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to see them move this race. Um, I don't want it at the same track every year. I think that's the one flaw, the major flaw of this format that sticks out to me way more than the rest of it does. We've been doing it for eight years, so save me the – I just had this t- take. Anyway, um, like I think – I especially don't like that they go there twice. I think the championship race should be at a different track every year. You should only go there once. I don't want to see it at Daytona or Talladega. Or Atlanta. Fine. So hear New me Atlanta, out. New Atlanta. Call it New Atlanta. I agree with it not being Phoenix. I don't want it to be rotated. I just want it to be Homestead. I, I like home, Homestead. Yeah, Homestead's definitely right. a number one on that wish list. Iowa in the middle of November might not be number two, but I think I just made it number yeah, two. Yeah, we're racing snowplows in the championship four. Uh, that's fine. Rally cross. We'll have to bring in the snow, though. It hasn't gotten here yet. <laughs> The problem, with rotate, the problem if you rotate it is, you know, let's say they say, okay, in 2024, we're, we're going to rotate it and we're going to 
send it to, you know, back to Homestead. Well, when Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell goes and wins the championship, then all the fans are going to say it's rigged. And, you know, they're, they're, what they're going to say now is wherever the championship track goes, when a guy who is good at that track wins, they're just going to play off like, the cup series is rigged and NASCAR is determining who gets to win the championship. Like it, you're just going to have a mess with that. If I was but. NASCAR, I'd be throwing the videos of these clips from the press conferences out on social media, left and right. Like Blaney talking about, I didn't think I got lucky to get her. I got it. I had to race my way in. I raced my way in. And I don't, I haven't seen too many champions that get done and say like, I got cheated out of this race and this guy wasn't deserving and I should have won that. Like, they don't say that. I feel like- You don't get lucky to get to the finale, but you can be easily handed a championship. Yeah, in the three finale. guys got lucky when Ross Chastain turned Chase Elliott last year. Uh, yeah. And the, and then, the other two were even luckier that they, one of their, one of the guys they had to race against was freaking Ross Chastain for the title. And that's an easy win. Ross Chastain should have just spent 312 laps riding the wall at Phoenix and he would have won the championship by 14 laps. And he only, it's only 14. That, that's a better, that's a better take. If, if, they, if NASCAR built a stronger car, Ross Chastain would go 36. <laughs> Ross Chastain would be Tom Brady and NASCAR. It'd be yeah, over 300 sheets of uh, sheet metal on the outside of his car. One for every lap. We're talking it's ourselves like about tin foil. I love this. Oh, uh, man. No, I, but I don't I, I just feel like I go back and look at the championships. There hasn't been, even with this format, I, I thought Brett Moffitt should have won one that he didn't because of a late race caution in like 2020. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, the Jimmy Johnson think, truck. Yeah, I didn't think Daniel Suarez was. I thought he got lucky to win his because of a late race caution and someone else fucked up pit strategy, uh, if I remember right. And there might be a couple of Johnson there, but... in 16. Yeah. Was it Johnson's that. That was the, the Edwards blocking Logano. Yes. Johnson's okay. Style. That was the same rate. Okay. I'm so dumb that I, I had separated those races in my head. It's also seven years ago, which really yeah, sucks to say out loud, but I was still drunk from the Cubs world series that day. Here's, here's my thing. So let's say Blaney goes out and wins at Phoenix and wins the championship or even better finishes fifth at Phoenix or eighth at Phoenix, but wins the championship 15 years from now. If I go to Noah, who's going to remember everything. If I say, Noah, tell me about the, the 2023 season, name the top three guys of the season, Larson, Byron, Hamlin, or Bell. Oh, sure. Oh. And then you're yeah. going to look at Chris Bush. Like, thank you. Yeah. Chris Bush was one of the top guys this season. If you look at I mean, select section of 15, right? Okay. But he's, he wasn't that good. He, and you're going to say, Oh, well, which one won the championship? Oh, it was Blaney. Oh, Martin trucks won the regular season title and deserved to get it. He hasn't raced a top 10 car in nine weeks. He's now 12th in points. <laughs> say, at least I can say he didn't put together. Like he's, I mean, he's been asked for 10 races now. So like we, we talked about this with Tony Stewart. Asked for like 15, Tony Stewart but... in 2011 had an abysmal season, but at least I can say, he went on to win five of the 10 races in the playoffs. Give the fucking man a championship for that. What I have a problem with then is you, you list out the top five guys of the season 
but then you're like, oh, well, out of those guys who won the championship, I don't know, some other dude that like just got there and, and did the best for that race. Like that's where at least if you give me three races, at least I can say, all right, well, he did beat those other guys three times. So he, he at least showed that he can put it together rather than just the one race where literally one could have a mechanical issue, two could wreck racing each other. And then all you got to do is run around half throttle and collect your trophy. Okay. If, if three guys ever retire from the race, in however many laps and the last guy is out there going like the bare minimum speed, then I will give you flowers. I will sincere. I will buy you. I will order them to your house and get it same day delivered. If the sun sets at 6 27 PM on October 30th, 2023. That's right. right. Uh, oh, sh- oh, the, uh, the diamondbacks and Rangers both limped to getting into a playoff spot and got there right at the last second. And now they're in the world series. NASCAR should not be the stick and ball sports. I got, I yeah, and I, I get that. I get, no playoffs. I get that argument, but all I'm saying is in sports, things happen, and they put these guys up here in moments, and they do what they can to make all the cars as close to each other as they can, and I feel like they have a lot of chances to fight it out. Uh, I think Homestead would be a better track to do so than Phoenix, but I don't think Phoenix is in my bottom 10 of racetracks to fight it out for the last thing, for the last race. Now I'm trying to think about a bottom 10. Yeah, I am. So Daytona, Talladega. Um, New Hampshire, Atlanta. New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. What's your deal on New Hampshire? <laughs> boring. So New Hampshire, Kansas, because it's boring. Vegas, because it's boring. Um, Kansas has not been boring. I, uh, Kansas has been out. spectacular. I feel, like I, told, I feel like I told you guys off the show what I was doing on the Kansas. Never mind. Rival, uh, rival Ruth, Kansas. I hear you. Yeah. Um, other tracks that it wouldn't be fair. Bristol uh, so also count. Uh, okay. I so don't think Brist- those are good finales. Okay. Bristol, Martinsville, and then the road course. All right, and also, let's be realistic. You can't have New Hampshire. You can't have Michigan. You can't have Road America. You can't have Iowa. Why can't I have Road America? Yeah. It's cold as shit. It can't be the finale. <laughs> AJ Allmendinger masterclass coming in. Now, hold on, hold on. Because none of you guys even brought up Bristol Dirt. I just want that on the record and out there for everyone to hear. Because that'd be awesome. Inversely, Kyle Larson won out and finishing first every single for. championship for. Even though he's yet to win a Bristol Dirt race. I just really, he's bound to at some point. All right, should we talk this Xfinity race? Yes. Caleb, give me give me your recap of it. Oh well. You'll do it better than me because I tuned in like for the last two laps and then went back and watched like highlights and clips. All right. Well I didn't see the race at all, but I mean I know like you know. Uh I mean essentially coming down to the end, it's Sheldon Creed who needs to win the race in order to move on. And he's going up against Austin Hill who doesn't need to win <laughs> to, to get in. Um, but he just needs a you know, good finish and they're, they're racing for the lead. Um, in my mind, Creed was very aggressive, especially for it being a teammate. Um, but did what he needed to do, but essentially, uh, they go down in the turn Creed is right behind Hill shoves him up the track 
um, doesn't quite get up there. Um, then what they go, I think he does it again. If I'm Down not into mistaken. One. Yeah. So he did it twice where he basically gets behind him and tries to shove him up the track. And then they go down into three and Cree or Hill basically turns left into Creed, um, which sends them both up the track and then everybody else piles in kind of behind Hill ends up wrecking um, and Creed, you know, gets passed by Allgaier, who Allgaier then wins the race. So Hill finishes far enough back where he doesn't get to move on, right? Or is he in? Um, no, Hill's out. Hill's out. That's what I thought. But then for, I questioned it for some reason. But Hill basically finished um, bad enough that he was not able to move on and Creed did not get the win. So he will not move on and they both could have been in the final four, (laughs) but now they're not. And there's a lot of layers to it because, um, they've gotten together all year too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I've kind of seen glimpses of, you know, who is more favored on that team. Um, and I think it's really shown last night with the fact, like I already said, I have no problem with what uh, Creed did. Like what, what Ty Gibbs did last year, you know, he went in trying to do the same thing, but just full on dumped him. I'm all for when it comes down to you having to make that move. If you get behind the guy and shove him up the track a little bit, I'm all for that time and a place for it. And you got to do it properly. I think he was trying to do it properly where he didn't just, you know, send him outside of the track to go get a hot dog. Like he, he did it. He did it in a, in a good way. And they also should have told Hill, like, listen, man, if he wins this race, you're both in, that's fantastic. But they weren't going to tell him that. And judging by the team's reaction, they didn't want Creed to win that race. Yeah, and what? how fucking stupid are you? How, like, how dumb are you at, at that team? That that entire, Richard Childress Racing was an embarrassment yesterday. I feel bad for my dad. He's a big Dale Earnhardt fan. That was fucking embarrassing. Well, from, I think the- From Richard, from the dipshit that yelled at Creed after the race. Andy Petrie. Yeah, that's who it is. Dude, first off, you want to talk to somebody? Walk up and fucking talk to him. You don't walk up, say something, and then walk away. That's how you get jumped from the from behind, and it's a real dick thing to do. It's the kid who's running his mouth while he's walking away, saying, like, I'll fight you. I'll fight you while his buddies drag him, or, drag him away. It's the most little brother chicken shit thing you can do. He, Andy looks stupid. Richard Childress looks stupid, and I'd tell him both to their face. I'd have that conversation because the whole team – the whole aspect of, hey, if you guys just fucking like don't run into each other sideways here and you just let Sheldon Creed win the race, you both get in. And the deal is but that's great for RCR. You get way more money. And I don't, yeah. I don't know what funds their Xfinity team, whether it's the Cup Series or not. And I know I'm getting real fucking worked up about this, but it was the dumbest damn thing I saw. And if that ever happened on a Sunday, F1 fans would laugh at NASCAR. And they, they would be allowed to. Like what they're happened? Never, they're not ever really allowed to. They just do it, and you're like, you guys are watching parades every Sunday. Like, okay, go ahead. What on. what happened on the track is is like I'll chalk that up to racing. Like, yeah, definitely could have been avoided and should have been handled better. But like that kind of is just racing. 
but yeah, the the comments by Petrie and Childers after that that really I think tells the actual story. And you know, Creed alluded to it a little bit. Um, but I, you you think of that outside of a racing deal where like imagine that you make a mistake at work or whatever, and effectively, you know, your your manager or your boss, the owner of the company, comes up and starts screaming at you. I mean, there's there's like that's a whole other thing that you're getting to getting into so screams, um, screams at you for such a little amount of time and then doesn't say it, like then walks away yeah. like it's just that's so just not a, a way to actually deal with that I'm surprised so, you're in a position of power with tactics like that well unfortunately i've seen it enough in the business world i know that that's just how it goes and rcr their entire legacy was carried by dale earnhardt and kevin harvick if you take those two drivers out of the equation, please tell me a truly elite level talent that has ever driven for Richard Childress Racing. Okay, and won championships. That's the important caveat. Although Kevin never won a championship, he still he was he was the face of that team. Didn't Creed won one as a, as a uh, truck series driver? He won a truck title for GMS. Yes. Okay. Not in not RCR, obviously. No. Okay. Um, no, I did want to read the, uh, let's, let's play the stupid PR person. Um, this is what Richard Childress, I guess there's no PR people involved in this. It's a driver and team owner. So I'll I will say, I I was especially like after the Sanchez thing, like you didn't, dis- you, you didn't agree with how the PR person handled it, but here's what I'm going to say. Where were any of the PR people? Oh my God. If I was a PR person at Richard Childress Racing, I would have hit Andy and Richard with baseball bats and not told anybody about it. Putting in the like 10 laps to go on the race. You're knocked out. You're done. Let's go go sit over there. Austin and Sheldon, too. Where were their people? So you have Austin going up afterwards, going up to Creed's pit and basically giving the round of applause. Plus, then he basically spouts off that, you know, uh, Creed is going to Joe Gibbs next year. And then, I mean, as a PR person, I probably would have held back a little bit on some of the things that Creed was saying, too, um, because in my head, you're going to try to save the fact that, I mean, he's he's basically – bombshelling the entire team which is understandable but yeah there was there was not a richard childress racing pl person to be found after all that and i don't know well, where you, they you talked about like whether they wanted to see sheldon creed win that race or not and i it, how rare is it that we see teams like pick out I, I don't want this guy on my team to win because he's leaving next year like that doesn't happen ever i games last year <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, yeah. We've seen that two years in a row now in the fall Xfinity race at Martinsville, where a teammate has effectively said, Oh, you're gone next year. I don't want you to even like it, crazy. It just is absolutely crazy to me. And on one hand, I understand it. But on the other hand too, that man is still on your team and you're essentially giving your team two out of four rounds in the gun for firing and and you just took out both of them yeah <laughs> like, well and think about like, all the employees that that just in the- work in general at this team and you're gonna sit here and deny them a victory in the xfinity series you're gonna deny that team's personnel specifically not just you know the all the general people that go back and forth between the two cars 
um, you know, you denied the sponsor that has signed with you an opportunity to win. Like if I'm wheeling, I'm fucking pissed. Like, whoa, you don't want my, my guy to win. Like I'm paying you money to sponsor his cars so that he does well. Like that's if I'm wheeling, if I'm wheeling the deal that I just signed to be the primary sponsor of all 33 races for that car next year is uh, being renegotiated this minute. Oh, a hundred percent. Like that, that's, that is bullshit for your sponsor. Like everyone talks about how difficult it is to get sponsorship. Well, when you slap them in the face like that, it's a sponsor, a sponsor that is there for 33 races. I don't care who's funding that. If it's a hedge fund, if it's a kid's dad, I don't care. They're on the car for 33 damn races, dude. It's nothing. And I'd love to talk to Andy Petrie about you know, to call him a chicken shit. Like I get what position I'm in. I get that doesn't help me advance my career or us advance our show, but goddamn, dude, have a conversation. You guys, it made the entire company, the entire team that was storied when I was growing up, made him look stupid. Makes you look like slap dicks. This is what Sheldon Creed said after the race, when he was told, um, that Childress was not happy with him. He said for Richard, uh, I just want to thank him for my time here. I've had a really good two years and I've learned a ton. My time has come to move on. I'll forever be thankful for Richard. He was my first Xfinity opportunity out of trucks. This was the quote uh, Richard Childress gave NBC Sports. Now, this quote is stupid no matter who you give it to, but a high profile one at that, really stupid, okay? Just maximizes the stupid a little bit above that bar, okay? He said, I've had drivers drive for me before but nobody as stupid as Sheldon Creed. Okay, well, pull up the list because he's owned teams in NASCAR for 41 freaking seasons, and you don't think that we can find people dumber than Sheldon Creed on that list? He literally drove for himself. There's one, okay? (laughs) I mean, you just, the way you said, you literally just opened the door for everyone to shit on you. John West Townley drove for Richard Shoulders Racing. Rest in peace. I mean, although that was a bit fucked up, I think. If I remember, I, I don't know if I should feel bad about not saying that immediately. The jury's out There's a lot of facts that are crossed in my head about what happened well, with the man in the stick in the doorway. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a polite way to put it. I mean, that's Robbie Gordon's protege, and you know, Robbie drove for Childress, and Robbie helped Creed get the right at Childress. He said it himself on Twitter today. Um, and so, you know, Sheldon Creed's got a lot of that Robbie Gordon in him from what I've seen. And it's just because they have like the exact same background, I feel like. And, and so like, you're really going to squander Robbie Gordon 2.0 right now and call him stupid and say he's the dumbest driver you've ever had. Robbie Jr. Get out of here. Because I mean, Richard Childress has a good track record of not reacting poorly after races. So especially races. Time out. Was that sarcastic? Where, you know, a driver is leaving the team at the end of the year. I.E. Martinsville, Kevin Harvick and Ty Dillon. I.E. Punching Kyle Busch, who now drives for Richard Childress. Yeah. Hold my watch. <laughs> I just like the whole concept of just looking at it. It's just baffling to me because on top of it all, from a financial standpoint, obviously you're losing out on money for the positions placed. And then you're also losing out on money for one and a half wrecked race cars. 
And then on top of that, Austin Hill goes into the interview and states that, uh, I hope Jesse Love works with me better in a sense of just blatantly saying like, I'm the face and like from, if I'm Jesse Love, like I, that's kind of a gut stab. Jesse Love's opinion. looking around like, what are you saying fuck me for? Yeah, Jesse, well, Love, Jesse Love has the most successful resume of any NASCAR prospect there is right now. Uh, if they if his career goes sideways, it's on Richard Childress at this point. Basically, you basically. Like, yeah, like I mean the her, way the way you threw your no, guys under the mud with that quote and everything. Just said, your prospect is going to help me do better. <laughs> Pretty much what it is. This young eighteen-year-old prospect who has an insane ARCA resume is going to help the guy who's. Pretty old for an Arca driver or for an Xfinity driver. Uh, uh, yeah, truck Series champion, and Josh Berry's thirty, getting his first Cup opportunity. And I think we would all agree that Josh Berry's a good driver, and we're not going to think about his age first. Richard Shoulders, I would like to dumb, shit on Austin Hill for, for the good reasons that you should shit on Austin Hill, not for his age. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with that. The fact I, of like, like if you're going to develop your team, you do it with a development driver. And that is Jesse Love. Austin so, Hill did waste two seasons with a team that fired the guy before him because he won a championship and his price to drive for them got too high. So, Counterpoint to you, Josh. I actually really enjoy having some veteran drivers in the Xfinity series because while this is, you know, a quote-unquote developmental ladder, it's only developmental ladder because people made it a developmental ladder. Well, it's the same reason I enjoy ARCA. I mean, I, I like ARCA for the fact that, you know, well, and like you would have the young kids, but then you would also have the Frank Kimmels and the Bobby Gerhardt's and Bobby you know, Gerhardt. I, to me, yeah, that the age and stuff doesn't matter, but I, I do agree where like the, the mentality of, you know, I hope this person help, you know, worship. That I will agree with. I, I think that, yeah, that's kind of a, Ooh, and honestly, my 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 stock in Austin Hill just continues to go down because I, there's so many things for when he started in the back markers of trucks, when he, you know, finally got to a good team. I mean, I was excited for him. I rooted for him because that's one of those feel good stories. But then just too time bad. over time. He goes to Knoxville and he says in front of all the fans, oh, the truck shouldn't even be here. Basically, I just remember that. Was that Slap. Austin Hill? Yeah. I thought, oh, no, it wasn't. No, I thought it was Tyler Ankrum. I thought Tyler Ankrum said we I'm should be 45 minutes up the road. I, th I honestly, I think it, I thought it was Sheldon Creed. Was it? It might have been Todd Gilliland after the win. <laughs> I have no clue who it was. Hold on. Now Donnie, Schatz, Donnie Schatz should have won that race. Derek Krause turned into a hammer driver, uh, knocking pieces of two by four out of the way. Missing the nail. Come on. Austin Hill also did win it in Knoxville. I forgot that happened. Yeah, Hill won it. It's Hill and Todd Gilliland, right? Yeah, I, yeah yes. I know Todd Gilliland. Should have been Brett Moffat. It's another one race that we need back. A lot of singular races that the winners don't end up being uh, the deserving winners, Caleb, but the championship, I it's tough to recall many instances. I, I I'm just saying. It's, it's just how it worked out. It's just how it worked out. I remember the whole crowd like booing after that. Um, but, um, so, but anywho, but then 
you know, he's he has the deal with Myatt Snyder. And I I didn't like him for that deal with Myatt Snyder because I was like, how do you wreck Myatt? But then you're also the one to throw the punch at Myatt. And so that happened. But then he even went on the Dale Jr. download recently and basically, you know, talked about that incident. And he said, you know, they had whatever on track. But then Myatt came up to him and was like, yo, we're going to talk about this. And like the first thing Austin Hill said was, no, you need to walk away because he knew that he wasn't going to be able to control himself. And I have a real, real hard problem with a grown man that knows he can't control himself and doesn't do anything to to change that i don't i don't disagree with anything you said um but i I would tell you sometimes there's cases where it's like i gotta go calm myself down i gotta i gotta go do something um whatever it might be i still do it playing hockey now um not beer league or anything like that it's when i travel and play real games but um that's a respectful thing uh there's people that handle it a lot worse than that i would say but it wasn't even a situation where like i mean austin hill wrecked my like it wasn't even like you can't wreck the guy but then also be like oh no no you get away from me like yeah yeah i i I agree with you you cause the problem you stand there and you take it but you can't you can't be like oh you better walk away from me because i you won't like me when i'm angry like you can't just have that mentality I'm I know I'm saying that while walking away from somebody. <laughs> I beat the crap out of you like good riddance in hell. Can we also just for I one was right. second? Oh, it? it was Sheldon Creed. I, I was going to say, oh, I said Ingram. All right. Time for Connor and Caleb to both publicly issue uh, retractions and public apologies. Oh, I don't do retractions. <laughs> I'm dumb enough. I say things wrong all the time. Like, deal with it, brother, if you're pissed but, about it, that's on you, not me. Well, um, I thought Ingram had a quote after that race for sure. I don't know why. Because I, I don't know. I just like I just looked it up and it literally said, "We don't Sheldon belong Creed. here." Yeah. Huh? Yeah. We should. I look. Which to he it. said, "We don't belong here." We at Iowa Speedway. Richard, so Richard Petty did say that NASCAR racing on dirt at all was a setback because that's how the Yickities did it in the sixties. Uh, and then waved the fucking flag at that race. So, but even still, I don't so know. It's kind of hypocritical. That's that rubbed me the wrong way. And then the, you know, the whole way that he handled this weekend, just stock stock is going down for Austin Hill. I feel like. So I also, just for one second, I want to take a minute and appreciate the Xfinity series as it is, um, as it has become since, especially since they ended the bushwhacking era, if you will, when they limited the cup drivers. That's the best thing, best rule they've ever made. Yes, 100%. It's put more more cup guys into exploring the dirt world uh, i know there's a lot of dirt people that are like they're scared for their top guys to race the xfinity series and i'm like it's kind of about who you know politically to get into those cars anyway so who the hell cares like if they limit at this point yeah. chase briscoe getting in a bj mcleod car uh, the cole cole custer plus 2000 day when i was doing bets for every single national event I, that's that lives in infamy that funded the entire time that i kept betting and i didn't run out of money i was just like i suck now i'm not doing this <laughs> it, it was a lot to do and the videos weren't getting traction so i i was just like oh whatever um it's still tough to call every time i pick kyle larson to win he loses and every time i pick against him he wins so well good thing you picked larson for the championship that's right <laughs> he's but, second 
the Xfinity series right now, it, it's a little reminiscent um, to where the Bush series, uh, you know, at the time in the late nineties was where you've got this mix of cup guys every now and again, some of the veterans, some of the younger guys, they come in and they'll race every now and again. And it's, it's good for everybody in the series. It's good to get eyes on it. And then you've also got some of your, your older veterans that are these, these lifers that are racing and they know how to race and they've had a little bit of a stint in the cup series or made a few starts here and there or whatever, but for some reason never really ended up breaking through. And so you've got these, these hard headed veterans with these young developmental prospects. And it took about 10 years for everything to really settle because everything became so driver development focused. And so the series also suffered from that a little bit too, because you put your emphasis on all these young guys and then the cup guys are taking all the top rides anyway. So now your young guys really hardly aren't going anywhere unless you as a powerhouse team made a concerned effort to get them somewhere. And so I just want to basically to appreciate how freaking awesome the Xfinity series roster is right now, how awesome the cars are driving just everything with the composite body. It's everything you could hope for. And that's what we need from the lower series to keep them from passing away. So, yeah, if we could uh, get the truck series to wreck a little bit less, then maybe we could get that there. Too. Yes. They need more veterans in the truck series too. Well, they, what yeah. the truck series needs to do is stop hiring pay for play drivers. Um, and this is a deeper issue because you have to pay out enough for them to not have to hire pay for play drivers. Uh, and hire people with real resumes to drive these cars that want to drive them. Um, and that kind of gets lost there. And then yeah, Sheldon Creed finally did. He was about to be a truck series lifer. Like there was no reason anyone shouldn't have picked him up just like John Hunter Nemechek. And, you know, we'll see where they go, but it's really hard to get out of that truck series. Look at the people in it now. And you'd think it would be a slam dunk for them to get through it. And a lot of people just end up Sammy Smith, Jesse Love, two most successful ARCA resumes of the past five years. You could put Ty Gibbs up there too. Yeah, actually fucking hammer my argument because uh, all three of them skip trucks. The, the trucks drive unlike literally anything period right now. And they are a lot of fun and I like them being their own separate thing, but they... I think we should give them all like uh, the super uh, the Dodge Daytona wings. I just oh yeah, every car that'd be cool if the trucks have them too. I think it'd be cool if they build a three mile super speedway in Oklahoma City right now. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> I guess like eight super speedway races coming up, Caleb. Always race day, raceway. Oh, that's a kick ass name for a track. Always race day, raceway. Yeah. Oh God. I'm going to swallow my tongue trying to say that. Dude, this is going to happen before the Des Moines Grand Prix at this point. (laughs) I'll write it down on my bucket list just for Caleb. Um, We can make picks for Xfinity and trucks. I got an unboxing to do. I just got a package. Uh, Oh. Caleb will love it. Now, one of them is a gift for my dad. He'll watch this on YouTube, so I won't pull that one out. (laughs) Where the hell is my list? I, I, mm. My buddy Austin put up this great list of who the top four guys were in Xfinity and Trucks. I had it pulled up on my phone. My Twitter crashed, and now it's not in my bookmarks anymore. Championship four. Um, 
Here we go. Got it. All right. Uh, so Xfinity, it's Quill Custer, Sam Mayer, uh, Justin Allgaier, and John Hunter Nemechek. I've been advocating this since the very first week of Xfinity, and I will live and die by it. I am picking Cole Custer. I like Josh it. got really mad because we all were talking online one time, uh, and we were just playing video games, shooting shit about Xfinity, and every single person told Josh, no. I don't know if Cole Custer is going to be that good, except I, I do recall agreeing with you. My, so. my statement, my statement was, I felt that Cole Custer was too good for Xfinity. Okay. Now I no longer recall agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the, the argument was he felt like Cole Custer was going to go off and have like a eight, nine race win. Season. No, I said four. I said four. You said it could be up to eight. I said, I'm calling four. I could would not be surprised if you went out to get six or seven. Uh, you, yeah, you really you're, don't want to say eight. <laughs> you definitely said eight. Your, your take was that he was just going to snow. No, because no, cause we were talking about the, was it 2018 season? And where like all of them had like seven or something like that. John Hunter this year is what you thought Cole Custer was going to be this year. Yeah, John Hunter, I kind of... John Hunter, absolutely. Yo, hey, it's yeah. that it's that funny Jimmy Johnson truck shirt. I wonder what his championship year will look like. <laughs> I, that one should have won a championship. That's one of my favorite NASCAR paint schemes of all time. And they only had it in large... Uh, Circle B diecast, fantastic. The shirts, I got two shirts. They were $2 each. Oh, yeah. no, they The shipping was 12 so just... Order more shirt, shirts and it'll pay for itself. If you order twelve shirts, that's only twenty four bucks, uh, and then every shirt is just a dollar to ship it. So, get yourself a good deal there. Um, as long as you're between the sizes of small and large, um, and not four XL or whatever the biggest size they had was. Yeah, I hope it fits me. I hope the other one fits my dad. But love what, that. What does everyone else think then? I think John Hunter's the pick. I, I was going to let you guys pick and dance into who I was picking and hope that you didn't pick the ones I would pick, and then I'd win all three and then dance on your grave next Sunday. I know all guy is kind of an easy pick, but I just think John Hunter has been uh, very mean. He, str to he struggled recently. But... Caleb, who do you want? I mean, I want to see John Hunter Nemechek get it. I think he's probably the most deserving. Yeah, we're, we had a really good thing going with this draft, and you've screwed up both picks now. Yeah, because we, I don't, I'm not going to go into a thing where I just get stuck with whoever's left. Like, I'm you, gonna... you got to open your mouth faster. I told you. That's, what, you... that's why I just went first because I was kind of like, no one's going to be mad if I take Cole Custer. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think Nemechek is the most deserving. This is Allgaier's best chance in his 42 years in the Xfinity series to. Allgaier should have like 17 Xfinity championships. Um, but it's also Allgaier, so like I'm feeling a Denny Hamlin choke coming. But we'll see. I mean, if it, there's every year he's going to prove it wrong, this is the year. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick out of these guys, Nemechek is probably my favorite. And I, I haven't, nobody likes mayor. Yeah. 
I, yeah. Listen, you mayor in the like mayor's like mayor has cooled off um, from his. He kind of had the same status that Love had, that Sammy Smith had, and I guess that could happen to both those guys too. Ty Gibbs, same thing. I, I would compare all of their upbringings to one another uh, as far as resume before Xfinity goes. It's harder to win when you're not beating up on a freaking like 25 year old chassis with a toyota prius motor oh, yeah no, no no i'm not saying i'm not saying because you win 10 races in arca that's going to be a shot to jesse love i'm not this is a <laughs> hypothetical. realize what you said no it's a hypothetical <laughs> uh what were you did i say something funny did you no what noah said okay uh yeah no uh, winning however many arca races doesn't mean you're going to win half as many in xfinity i don't i just think the expectations were pretty high for Sam Mayer. Uh, he's still made the championship for, still has a chance to win it. Uh, I don't see him winning it, but he could. But he's won four races this season now, too. So yeah, I mean, we we got halfway into the season. I mean, he's won four. Like, yeah, May four. Mayer okay. has four wins. Yeah. So and three on road courses, yeah. and then one a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. I guess I did tuck at least two of those in the back of my mind and said, never talking about that race again. Yeah. That's so how we, we got to the middle part of the season and I was very much like this could essentially show like mayor just isn't capable of, you know, being a championship caliber driver. Like he just can't get that win, blah, blah, blah. And then the man, you know, just pulled out a chair Went and on a tyrant hit me in the back with it but um yeah he's he's in the second half of the season has now gotten four victories he's becoming the driver that dale jr thought he could be all along because i mean dale was very publicly critical of him for for a minute last year and rightfully so Mayer was making mistakes and wasn't running as well as his equipment should have been running or at least finishing as well uh, because he made dumb mistakes. And so now he's putting it all together. And, um, you know, I've, I've been very critical of mayor in the past and, but I can, I can admit that he is starting to come together as a prospect and be what everybody saw when he won that Bristol truck race, you know, all the way back in 2020. When it wasn't, it's never been that he's a bad driver or whatever, but yeah, it was very much like, okay, maybe he just isn't, He's just in over his head. He's just driving too yeah, aggressively. Yeah, and, and it was a lot of learning to do. And, and even the first half of this year, I think we all kind of looked at him and we're like, okay, he's kind of still the same guy. And even now I'm going to say there's a little bit of an asterisk on his four wins because they've all came on road courses, which is good, um, except for the one. But, you know, now it's time – you know, going into next year, I'm going to look for him to put a couple more ovals together as well. And if you can do that, I mean, you're going to be a real championship threat. But again, all it takes is for him to go be better than the other guys next week, like we've seen the last couple of weeks, and he'll be an Xfinity champion, which, you know, midway through the season, if you tell me, oh, Sam Mayer is the champion, I'm going to, you know, kind of laugh at you, but we're we're here. Yeah, I mean, no one questions Daniel Suarez, and he got one. They definitely questioned it at the time, though. 
I did. I still question it, but yeah, we talked I mean, about it today. That's it's like that everywhere, right? Like every year we've had this format. Like there's, and we went through them. Like there's two or three that we can remember that really got changed by circumstances outside of drivers' control that could have won the race for a different guy. And no one, no one says like, oh well, Jimmy Johnson shouldn't have his seventh. He should only have six. No one's dancing on a hill with a protest sign trying to delay a college football game in Southern California because Jimmy Johnson has seven titles instead of six. Yeah. Cole Witt and TriStar Motorsports robbed Derek Jones that year. It's just what, it's just what happened. Captain uh, won, won without winning at all. Let's so did Matt Kenseth in 2004. 2003 and Bank won races that year. Of course, specifically created this format saying, oh, now you guys have to win races. And then fucking Matt Crafton said, oh, no. Like, <laughs> you, don't have to win, you don't have to win anything. That's exactly what Matt Crafton sounds like. You got to get him on the podcast sometime. Real quick, uh, Truck Series, Corey Heim, Grant, uh, oh, wow. Grant Infinger, uh, Carson Hosfar, Ben Rhodes. Who you guys got? Corey Heim. Money in the um, bank. He should be at like minus 2,000 for his odds. Caleb, I'll let you go second. So you've had the two second picks and one last pick from the drafts. If you haven't figured out by now, I don't care what you people say. I'm still going to pick who I think has the best chance. You're picking so, Corey Heim. Um, I think it's going to be either Heim or Hosevar. I mean, again. You just, which, all you did was copy Noah's picks. You didn't even get victimized by the draft order. You just copied Noah's picks. That's why, that's why I did that. Was I'm no longer letting you see my homework. It's going to pick who I think. I mean, it's, it's going to be whoever can have a better day next Saturday or Friday night. Yeah. That's how that's going to work in all three series. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but that's the thing. I mean, literally I have, I have a better chance of just picking marbles out of a bag to like pick. I mean, any, I don't think you do. Yeah. Cause anyone of the four could just have a good day and go out and win it. So it's, it's anything can happen, but I I think it's going to be either Heimer Hosevar and, it, in my mind, it's pretty 50-50 on who has a better shot. Josh? Mm, I like, yeah, I mean, Hosevar is clearly the favorite, or not Hosevar, Heim is clearly the favorite. I feel like it's Heim, Hosevar, Rhodes, and Finger. Um, Despite missing a race... <laughs> Corey Heim has an average finish of 6.2. What are you, Caleb, what are you trying to do? I don't think it's what, what he, you meant to say, but the, what it sounded like to me, he, he basically, he was like, yeah, it's Rhodes and Finger, Heim or host of our, like, he was like, oh yeah, it's going to be one of those four. And then uh, I was like, yeah. Oh. So just trying to like process them in my brain. Um, I know it, that, it was just funny. Cause the way that it came off was just like, Oh, well it's going to be either him, him or him or him. Like as far as total points go, Corey Heim also would have already clinched the title in a full season points format. Like he's just absolutely dominated. Like if anybody, but Heim wins the title, I, I think it will be a failure. It's the funniest thing is for the reason I will take Rhodes. <laughs> All right, um, and I do, I do really want to see another Ben Rhodes Bud Light. 
press conference. That, exactly. I want nothing more. I want nothing more. You talk about helping the sport. Well, that's that's a lot more interesting than the damn F one prissies kissing the trophy to make it light up. Ooh, you know. It's, know we've we've all seen fucking cool though. Just wear Skechers in Victory Lane, and you get the same effect. Okay? <laughs> uh, get your light up shoes on. Um, I don't know if the sport needs a Bud Light um, appearance right now. What do you what? Don't are you, don't do are that. You no, no, we got, we care about what other people think way too much. That's that's what's wrong with this politics in today's culture. People care way too much about what other people do when they can't see them. It's the weirdest damn thing across the board. Um, no, I, I do want to. I'm going to uh, put my high horse up to friend of the podcast. Listen to me and Damon asking bullshit questions for 20 minutes two years ago. Grant Enfinger, love you, buddy. You're winning this damn thing for the state of Alabama. Give everyone a shout out. Tell everyone we said hi. Thanks for He's coming. He's my sentimental yeah. pick. I just because I think it would be cool. I'm for pissed. You guys didn't pick a friend of the show. We got a damn truck series guy that we've interviewed before, and you didn't pick him. No one mentioned him before I brought him up. I, I think that Heim statistically, like I, I would be sad for him, but yeah, and fingers my sentimental pick just because I I think that he's one of those guys that's just grinded his whole career, and I think it would be cool to see GMS go out in the sunset with a title too. For sure, and there's nothing wrong with the developmental thing in that Heim would clinch the series championship if it was a 23 race season or 23 race playoff. Okay, Xfinity teams, do your homework. That's it. That's it. That's all you. That's all you're. You should be mad at Xfinity teams for not picking him up if he doesn't win the championship. That's a dumb thing to judge something on, and you should realize that now. Uh, but it is a hero card stat to have, and you can do a lot with that. Like, I don't know. I I just think like there's nothing wrong with it. Just. If you're going to pick a driver from the Xfinity series and or truck series and you look down and this guy's been dominant, but this guy won the title and you want to pick him because he won at Phoenix, then sure, do it. But nothing broken with that. That's just failure to do homework if you pick one or the other. And I'm not advocating that either of them are better drivers than the other or whatever specifically. But in general, when you look at that, like I don't think that's changing anything. Uh, was there anything we didn't get to that you guys wanted to bring up? Or are we good? No, I think we actually covered everything. Awesome. Ka- oh, Caleb is adamantly. He hates this podcast. I can't wait for the off season because the podcasts are going to get so much more fun. Caleb's going to start a, a, like our arch nemesis podcast. Well, it's going to be called Never Race Day. Day. Welcome to the Always Race Day podcast of Danica Patrick's tweets. Oh my god! Episode one. I just oh. want a whole three-hour episode where I talk about Reed Sorensen. That's all I need. There's there's a man in a number seven shirt in the midfield of Jack Trice Stadium that's delaying the game uh, because he wants NASCAR to stop racing at super speedways. Uh, he won't move. He's chained himself to the turf. He's foaming at the mouth, covered in barbecue sauce. He gave himself <laughs> rabies to try to get more attention, uh, but now he needs medical help, and we can't get the chains off. Somebody please help this man. Go to the Always Race Day website and buy a T-shirt to help fund his uh, lawyer, his legal fees, and any medical expenses he will need from this expenditure. And a happy God bless. <laughs> Dude, I've seen kids with Venmo signs like the last three college game day episodes. 
Yeah, that's how the PM. Yeah, it always, I, it always works. I'm gonna need to invest in that myself. Not other people's Venmo, but yeah, get, get a sign, it. get a sign, yeah. Venmo, and get to college game day. I'm only 45 minutes from Norman. They got to come here at some point. No, they don't. They just lost to Kansas. <laughs> that that made me laugh. That made me giggle. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Go buy a car from Carl Auto. Oh yeah, from Always Raced. <laughs> How about that? Good ad. Good stuff, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're going to be back. Uh, I think we're going to do the Dirt Show Monday as of right now. Uh, I got to do a women's basketball game Wednesday, so we'll figure out if we have a midweek show. But I think we we previewed enough tonight. Um, if anything, we might do a post-race over the weekend at some point, but that's neither here nor there because we don't know what our plans are yet. So uh, we'll figure it out. We'll let you know. And uh, thank you guys again for tuning into this episode. Appreciate you all.